This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at HuskerCuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Guys, we got a win to talk about. A great win. Uh, Nebraska, they throttled uh, Purdue by 10. Uh, so let's get into this thing. Uh, second win of the year. Let's talk about a offense. Uh, we've been critical about play calling to some extent this year. Tyler, how did that? How was the play calling in this game? Yeah, I have really no complaints. I mean, I think that they moved the ball well. They were balanced when they needed to be. Um, I think that the play calling was on point. Execution in areas could have been better, but I thought Frost called one of his better games of the season. Derek, what did you think about the play calling? Uh, I honestly, I didn't think it was much different. I think the execution was much better. Yeah. But the play calling itself, I didn't think was much different. Uh, and a little little tidbit on play calling. So uh, I don't know if you guys listened to Matt Lubick today, but they were asking him about who was calling plays and when they were calling plays. And apparently both him and Frost are calling plays. Either that or he's trying to piss Frost off. I don't know which. But Oh, really? I'm, I, I missed that. Well, yeah, he he he's claiming he's calling places. They they're they're talking between series and call making up a a script for the next series between every drive. I mean, so it's not just Scott Frost calling plays. So maybe that's why we got better over the last couple of games. I don't know. Well, Derek, <coughs> I want to I want to go on that the play calling thing. But didn't it seem like uh, on Saturday? I and again, I don't have the exact breakdown in front of me, so maybe one of you guys do. But I feel like on third down, where we've been critical this season, is it seems like when we hit a third down, it, it was like quarterback draw. You know, that was a go-to play. And, and I feel like they trusted Adrian to throw, not just uh, you know on third down, but in the red zone. I feel like the confidence in him to execute was a little bit different on Saturday. Am I making that up? Or is that, you guys see that, think no, that too? No, you're, you're absolutely correct on that. Uh, Adrian Martinez is still show, uh, throwing to the check down quite a bit on third down, but that's not play calling. That's on Adrian. Uh, oh, oh, overall, though, yeah, they're at least throwing on third down where I, I mean, I'm not trying to crap on McCaffrey, but they, they clearly did not th- trust him to throw the ball in, in, in most situations, especially red zone and, and third and longs. But even nor- the Northwestern game when it was Adrian, I don't think they trusted Adrian to throw. I, I do I do think the trust in and, Adrian And, and right that may now. be fair, but he was having a bad game and he wasn't yeah. throwing the ball well. Uh, that's fair. So, so I, I, and I think that play, probably played a lot into it too. Well, something else that looked good in this game is uh, Diedrich Mills. Diedrich Mills had his best game of this year. Uh, you know, it wasn't a great game, but he had a lot of touches, got 60 yards on the day. And, you know, I mean, when a guy has 95 on the season, 60 is a pretty good day. And that's been a huge complaint from us uh, is where's the running backs? We didn't get a great day, but, you know, f- it was a solid day, I thought. Derek, what'd you think? You know, it, it, it was 
Uh, my, my only complaint on Diedrich Mills was the missed block on uh, Xavier Betts' pot pass. Like, man, Xavier Betts probably taking that house if, if, if Diedrich Mills can make that one block. Right. Uh, but, but but at the end of the day, Diedrich Mills does not miss those blocks very often. So I'm not going to complain about one time. Uh, but as far as running the ball goes, I mean, he looked good, not great. Uh, he, he, but but he did what he was asked to do. I mean, you you run up the gut and he gets five ten yards on you. Like what what more do you want? He got a lot of touches and he hadn't been getting a lot of touches this year. All well, right. I, I think I think the other thing is there was one particular play I remember watching where he just didn't hit the hole. He just kind of danced around the backfield and ended up taking like a one yard loss on it. I was like, that's not Dedrick Mills. That's not what I expect out of Dedrick Mills. I expect you to hit the hole and hit it hard. Yeah, and he just uh, and there was and there was one or two plays he just didn't. Yeah, he, here is my assessment on Dietrich Mills. I think for his first game back, I was happy with the volume. I think that it would have been very easy. We were talking about that before the game. How much you would see of him? Um, I think I was a little bit more optimistic, mainly because out of necessity that we'd see it. Three point eight yards a carry, guys. It's just against that Purdue run defense, which is better than their pass defense, but it, it's just. It's not great, and I, I think that it's the offensive line. I don't put that all in the running back. It's just the offensive line just – they should have been able to win a little bit more and get a little bit bigger holes. 16 carries for Mills, uh, that should have been eight, an 80-yard game. I mean, that that's what that should have looked like. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, this, this is progress. It's progress from the running backs, and we haven't seen a lot of progress. You know, uh, usually – Hell, is this the first game that a true running back has led the team for most carries? I mean, wow. I, I most carries th- and most yards. We haven't set the bar. I, I, I think it's the first. I think it's. I'm, I'm positive this is the first game we've had that our running back has had the most yards. Yeah, yeah. yeah not, not not just <clears throat> most carries, but yeah, most you're yards. right. Well, let's talk most about yards. two guys that had a a lot better game than Dedrick Mills. Uh, Adrian Martinez. Uh, great day throwing the ball, great day running the ball. And, uh, you know, I mean, this was probably his best game of the year. And also another guy who's probably had his best game of the year was Wondell Robinson. Two guys that made this offense go. So, Derek, what, what are your thoughts on Adrian Martinez and Wondell Robinson against Purdue? Uh, well, I'll keep the Wondell Robinson a little short because he had a great game. Uh, I think he had 119 yards. Only, I mean, most of it was on receiving. I think he only had like five yards or so, uh, rushing. Uh, but, but I'd really, really, really love to get into uh, Martinez because th- this this was his best game, and I'm not going to deny it. Uh, he threw for 77. Actually, if you want to talk percentage, this was his second worst game of the season mm-hmm. at 77% passing, percentage-wise. Uh, his, net, his worst game was Northwestern. Other than that, I mean, the guy is thrown 80% against uh, Ohio State, 84% against Iowa, and now 77% against uh, Purdue. Uh, The dude's picked it up, and he's doing good. Uh, 242 yards, that's the most yards we've had all season with him. Uh, He had a touchdown. He got sacked once by Bryce Benhart. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that, but. Bryce Benhart was in a block, and he got shoved into Adrian yep. Martinez, knocked him down. It, and and I, I, I don't put that on 
Martinez at all, but I mean, that was their only sack of the game. Uh, so Martinez did, and he did a good job running the ball uh, for the most part. But I, I think Purdue did a good, really, really good job of stacking the box and shutting down most of our run game period. But the quarterback runs for sure. Uh, Justin, I, I want to ask you this question about about Adrian Martinez, and uh, this isn't something we've talked about on the podcast or anything. But we 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 were texting back and forth about uh, coaches coaching for their jobs, and uh, you know Adrian Martinez. I, I looked it up. So outside of, if you take the Northwestern game, which he threw 53.3% of his passes, if you take that one game out, he's thrown 80% of his passes this year. Uh, his total, his season total is 70.8%, which is actually 3% <laughs> higher than Joe Ganza's record for a season. Uh, has Adrian Martinez done enough to solidify Mario Verduzco's job. Because I, I know he was one of the coaches that you were talking about was coaching for his job mm-hmm. towards the end of this season. So has Adrian Martinez improved enough in these last two games to solidify it a little bit? And and if not, what more does he need to do to solidify Verduzco's job? Man, I don't know. That's tough. Uh, I'm, I'm not sold on Verduzco still. Uh, Martinez has had two solid back-to-back games here uh you know, you can Purdue, not a great defense. Uh, not to take anything away from Adrian Martinez, but when the quarterbacks were struggling in the beginning of the year, you know, it, it's like the old adage, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. And that's the way it, it kind of seemed. And neither quarterback looked like they were very good doing the things that a simple quarterback should be able to do. You know, throw downfield, make good decisions, whatnot. Uh Martinez has had two great games, but I I, I don't know. I, I still think that uh, Verduzco should be coaching for his job still. I'm not sold that he is a great quarterback's coach, and I'd like to see uh, see the quarterbacks excel a little bit better. I mean, Martinez, he's in his third year, right? This is a third-year quarterback in the same system, just a junior, but uh, – Getting better, but I, I don't know if he's top half of the Big Ten type quarterback yet. Is he? Uh, but again, he's he's about to possibly break the Nebraska record for completion percentage in a season. Yeah, well, I mean, it, we just don't we just don't throw deep. I mean, it's 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 a lot of swing swing passes. It's a lot of dump offs, checkdowns. Like could, you said, you a lot of checkdowns. You probably could have said the same about Joe Gans in 2008, though. Sure. Marlon, I think Marlon Lucky led the team in receptions. I mean, it wasn't that the year that he – was that 2007 or 2008 that he led the team in reception? I mean, like, we were checked down very heavy um, with Billy C. I, maybe I have the years wrong. Maybe that was Zach Taylor. But well, 2008 would have been Scott Frost's first season that Joe, that Joe Gans had, has the record right now. Uh, uh, you mean the bow – Pelini. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, but but back to the whole Adrian Martinez. I, I Derek, I, I don't know about you know Justin loves to fire people. Um, that that's his pastime. But I I will say this. You know, Justin, you talk about Adrian Martinez having two good games. Let, let's not forget. I think he played okay to good against Ohio State. Um, that was not a bad game. He had a bad game against Northwestern. I don't think any of us were complaining 
about Luke McCaffrey against Penn State. So I, I think when you look at this season, we've seen more good quarterback play than bad quarterback play. I, I, I think that's how you, if I was assessing this season, if you're saying good, bad, I think overall we've seen more good play quarterback than bad over the season. Well, and I'll also say, and I've said this all year, where the <laughs> Tyler, fact that Tyler, if that I, was I think it, Tyler, if that was true, I mean, Martinez wouldn't have been benched. He would not have been benched if it was good quarterback play. It wasn't good quarterback play. I'm sorry, I, Northwestern. He got benched after Northwestern, which was he a did. bad game. It was, but you're making it sound like that was just one game there. I mean, it, it really was. I mean, he threw 80 percent of his passes against Ohio State. And ran for 100 yards, I believe. Yeah, he, or he had ran. a damn near 100-yard rushing game. Right. He but can you run can't the ball. call that a bad game. I mean, I don't know. If, if, you, if you want your quarterback just to run, then you got your guy. If you want him just to do – but Really? It, yeah. You're going to say that you just want him to run and you're going to talk about Luke McCaffrey for a second? Hey, you know what? Like, I, I'm if, off. You, if you want a quarterback that's just going to run, it's Luke McCaffrey. And you know what? And I was proved wrong with Luke McCaffrey. I was behind him because I didn't think Adrian Martinez was the answer. But we're clearly – Adrian Martinez is clearly a better quarterback. At this point, yes. Yeah, at this point. I just just think that Adrian – going back to the Purdue game. I mean, I think what what I saw from Adrian Martinez, it was a very confident quarterback. And and, and what's surprising – I I remember listening to these guys, these Husker – media you know elites if you will i won't name any names that said adrian martinez was through that his confidence after being benched was going to be shattered and my god i mean the the emotional strength and you know not to be dr phil but like the fact that he has been able to rebound and play the way he has i mean that that is a kudos to him um i i do think wandell emerging a little bit has helped him um, but yeah, I mean, I, I am, I, I think the quarterback play all season has been a little bit, a little bit too much under the microscope. Well, just just to add on to that, I, I, you talk about uh, Wondell Robinson emerging, and I think a lot of the reason he has emerged is because a Xavier Betts is starting to emerge. You're starting to see more out of him. Uh, you're getting a little more out of some of these other wide receivers. I mean, maybe not uh, as much as you'd like to see, but. This is back-to-back games. We had seven different receivers catch a ball again this week. So, so it op- it opens up Wondell Robinson because now you got to cover some of these other guys. Is uh, Austin Al- Austin Allen should have had an easy touchdown if he hadn't tripped over his own two feet. Is Levi Falk Cade Warnering better than Cade Warner? Absolutely, he is, and, and, and Levi Falk is turning into a big asset on this offense. I, I, and it's not just – I mean, he doesn't catch the ball a lot, He's, he's but he's blocking well. And you're see, you've seen it w- very well on uh, Wyatt Lever. I, I thought his name was Lure, but apparently his name's Lever. That's why everyone in the media is calling him anyway. Uh, so, But anyway, on, on, his, on his touchdown catch, yeah, you, you saw it so well, so well on that. Where, uh, uh, But Levi Falk was one of them on the edge there blocking for him. Derek, you throw out those number of guys that catches balls, and, and, and that's fair. But, I mean, if you look at the season, and even on Saturday, the over-reliance on Wandell Robinson in the passing game, it is, it's a problem. I mean, so this year, if you look at targets, uh, Wandell Robinson has 50 targets on the season, okay? 
the nu- number two guy is Austin Allen at 21. Number three is Levi Falk at 20. So Wandell has more targets than the next two guys combined, almost more than the next three, which is Travis Volklek at 16. Like, I I mean, Wandell's doing his part, but even during Purdue, like, where is Elante Brown? Why is he not getting targets? Where, he's a freshman. He's Stoll? a freshman. Look, Why Wondell Jack Robinson. Stoll? Jack Stoll. He's a senior. He, no, he was hurt for target. a while. He was hurt for a while. But, but, well, let's, let's face it. I'm not trying to crap on Jack Stoll. Jack Stoll is a great tight end if you're wanting him to block. He's not a great catching tight end. He never has been. Okay. Cade Warner. I mean, we thought Cade Warner would do something. Not Cade a target Warner was on never Saturday. a good wide receiver. Like, that guy... I, He's a great blocker. That We've talked about that at least 20 times on this podcast, that the main reason he was a captain and a starter and a scholarship player was the fact that he could block well, and he, he did a good job in blocking. And he can grow and, a hell of a mustache. We also, we also complained about the guy dropping two passes in the end zone. Yeah. He did? Not, he's not having a great year. I, uh, I just, and, I, and you know what? I don't know that he's had a target since his last drop in the end zone. And, and I guess that's my thing. As I, I, I think during Purdue – you know, when you look at that offensive effort, it, it was okay. Adrian played a hell of a game, but we, we're we're still not winning the battle the way up front that I think we should. And we're, I, in my opinion, we're still not getting enough guys involved. And at this point, with just Minnesota and another game, I just what we get is what we're gonna get. I mean, we're gonna see Xavier Betts, Wandale Robinson, Levi Falk, and the the two tight end, the two tall so, tight ends. So Levi Falk had five catches. Xavier Betts had five catches. Wondell Robinson had nine. Like, is that really that terrible to have three wide receivers to have five plus catches? Oh, I think what Tyler's saying is over the course of the year. I mean, this is well, yeah, this I is get a it. subset. Inside, inside, but it's I mean, getting but it's getting better. Like, like I said, Xavier Betts is getting better. They're relying on him a little bit more. They're throwing to him more. Xavier Betts is what we thought maybe Alante Brown or an Omar Manning was going to be. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, before we get off offense and move to defense, I want to ask one more thing. Special teams was huge in this game, and we'll talk about special teams uh, more in depth later. But there was a uh, the punt block where Nebraska recovered on the one-yard line, and then Cam Taylor-Britt, he returned it to the 17-yard line. So we had short fields in both wow. those possessions, punched it in for touchdowns on both. Did special teams play make our offense look better? Derek. First off, I'm going to have to correct you. Uh, uh, Cam Taylor-Britt's return did not take us You're to right. the 17. You're right. The, the, the sideline interference yeah. gave us to the 17. That, that, that's fine. That, which that was play. another 15 yards on top of it. Uh, but, but but it was a great return, and uh, which is something we haven't seen much of. And Cam Taylor-Britt is clearly our return man at this point. Like That guy's the only guy who's returned a punt that looks decent doing it. Uh, but 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 Justin, I'm I'm gonna go no. Uh, they look, made us look good for those two plays, absolutely. And it's about time that special teams actually pulled a little bit of weight and may help and help the offense out a little bit. Uh, but you know what? We I mean we had that we had those first two that you talked about. Uh, we had on the next couple drives we had eight plays, 37 yards, a field goal. Uh, nine plays, 45 44 yards, another field goal. And then eight plays, 65 yards, and a touchdown. And then we had two bad drives that right before the half. We had a blocked punt. That ended up giving them a field goal. We went to halftime. Came back with an 11-play, 75-yard touchdown. Uh, 
had a bad couple no a couple more bad drives. I think one of them Luke McCaffrey was in. We just didn't move the ball well. Uh had another eight play, seventy nine yard drive for a field goal. Uh went eight plays for thirty yards and, and turned over on downs as we were trying to milk the clock. And then we had a victory formation. So o- overall, no, I think the offense did just what they needed to do. Uh but but special teams did help. Don't get me wrong. Tyler, what are your thoughts? I, I would have graded um, the, the offense as a whole as like a B minus um, on Saturday. And I think the fact that we were able to which, put up. Which, to be fair, hold on. Just to be fair, that's probably the best grade we would have given them all year. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, but I, but I think the, the fact that we were able to put up, you know, 37 points on Saturday is because of special teams. I think. If we don't have those special teams, I'm not saying we don't win. I don't think, I mean, you know, it is one thing when you're playing with the lead. Could Adrian Martinez have scored another touchdown in the fourth quarter if we needed him to? Like, I think he was dialed in. He probably could have. You know, Derek talked about when we were running out the clock. Um, I, I just, I think that special teams helped. Um, the offense was good on Saturday. It just, it, Again, I go back to the lack of real good running game and maybe a little bit more out of the passing game for with more target, uh, more spreading it out, maybe could have led to some bigger plays. Um, and that that's really the difference. I, I think the other thing, and this is another reason I might disagree with this, is those were both early in the game where Nebraska does well. Nebraska's offense moves the ball well in the first drive. Nebraska moves the ball well in the first quarter. So I, I don't know that those special teams plays, maybe it could have came up better later on than right away. Because I'm not, I'm not convinced that even if they get that punt away, that we don't drive down and score a touchdown the way we have every or most games this year. Yeah. I mean, penalties were still an issue for both teams. Penalties was crazy in oh. this game. That drive where it seemed like there was a flag on every play and it was just back and forth. That was that was insane. So let me ask you guys this: Has Purdue become our biggest rival at this point? Like there was a lot of chippiness in this game. This is the this is the most I've seen chippiness out of a game, and I I don't know how long. There were five unsportsmanlike conduct penalties in this game. Yeah, there was a. It, it was and, and only two of them were on Nebraska, but it was an it was ugly game. I mean, yeah, there was, was a lot back of back and, and forth. forth yeah. I, and I would love to know what Caleb Tanner had to say that has caused him an unsportsmanlike conduct. We'll never know. But to, to, to get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on talking seemed to I – mean, And look, by the end of this game, I think the referees were just going, we got to try and find a way to control this game. They were throwing I'm flags sure. for everything. And, and, and rightfully so, because you got to control the game. That's what a referee is there for. Uh, I. But but let me let me tell you guys a little something about the penalties. And Nebraska did not do a good job in penalties with nine penalties for 107 yards. Uh, Is that their worst of the year? For yardage wise, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, actually both. I think I think we had eight penalties was our next highest. Was it okay? Uh, but this is by far the most penalties we've had go our way. Uh, Purdue had 11 penalties for 126 yards. Yeah, and holding uh, holding penalties too. Just uh, yeah, yeah. There was actually four holding penalties, yeah. which we just got done complaining about last week, and I'm pretty sure 
that all these uh, referees from this game are probably going to be fired by the Big Ten after this game for calling those. Huh. Uh, but but back into the, the oh man, I tell you, this is the most penalties that have gone our way since Oregon in 2017. And they had 12 penalties for 137 yards. God, were we at your house for that game? <laughs> no, it was Miami in 2014, I think. It was long before that. Uh, the last time a team actually had double-digit penalties against us was Purdue last year. Really? So, I mean, it's it, you know, it's been a while since the referees kind of leaned our way a little bit. And they did lean our way in this game. There were some penalties. Again, I think they were just trying to get control of the game. There were some penalties I think kind of were a little wishy-washy. But I think it was kind of both ways. And I think the referees were just going, man, these these two teams, we're going to have a fight if we don't do something here. Right. Because they they were just after each other. And that's why, like, there wasn't this fire under uh, against Iowa. Like, there was good fire against Iowa, but we didn't have this uh, unsportsmanlike penalties and personal fouls. Out of out of all the penalties called, nine of them were fifteen yard penalties. Damn, wow. that is a lot. Like they were calling a lot of big penalties. All right, we got to move on to defense. Uh, defense was definitely the that was our bread and butter this game. They looked outstanding. Uh, Tyler, you know you're big on that defensive line. Talk about that run defense. Well, I mean, <laughs> held them to negative yards rushing. I mean, you, you look, you, we knew Purdue wasn't going to light it up running the ball. I didn't expect them to. Um, they're bad at it. But, I mean, to make them completely abandon it as early as they did, I mean, was a huge swing in this game. Um, I think that the the defensive line won Ben Stilley. Um, had his best game of the season. Casey Rogers continues to emerge. I mean, you look at the future of this defensive line, it, it's stout, but um, a guy who we haven't given a lot of love to for Ben Stilley this year had, again, I think easily his best game of the season. He won every time. And um, yeah, I think, you know, the linebackers played well. I mean, just, I mean, God, I, I'm just so high on what this defense has done. I did not think we'd be able to be this good against the run. Uh, okay, well, let's let's first off back up a little bit here and talk about Damian Daniels. That dude is turning into beast mode. I, that guy, he is tough to block. He's taking up two blockers at a time. Uh, Ty Robinson, I, I know he doesn't. His stat sheet does not show, but that guy's taking up two blockers a lot of times. And he was, I think, he was called for two of those four penalties, or not called for, but I think he was held twice on two of those four penalties. Uh, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about this rush defense. Uh, this is the highest ranked we've been in a long time, guys, for rushing defense. And we, we've had a few bad games rushing this year that if you could have fixed it, it maybe in those games, maybe we're doing even a little bit better. Uh, the last time Nebraska held a team to negative yards was 2013 against Michigan. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, you're looking at, Seven years since we've held a team to negative yards. And that's not easy to do. And most of it came on sacks. Uh, here, here, here's my question for you guys. Uh, Horvath or Harvath, whatever his name was, that big white uh, 
defensive end looking son of a that bitch truck, the, the ball. cement truck. Yeah, <laughs> why the hell did he not run the ball fifty times in that game? Because I don't think Nebraska can keep tackling him. The way because I mean, they didn't tackle him very well at the beginning of the game. Yeah, the way that they used him in the beginning of the game, I was like, dude, this dude is just going to truck Nebraska the whole I, time. I, I, I thought we were in trouble. I thought this yeah. guy was going to run all over us. I don't know why they went. I, I don't know why they went away they, from. They him. abandoned it, and I don't know why. I mean, maybe it was because we took a fourteen point lead, but hell, there were still ten over ten minutes left in the first quarter. Yeah, like there's no reason to abandon the run at that point. But he wasn't. I mean, he okay. He, you guys are right. There, there was a little bit of fear. He was running hard. He was breaking tackles. He was getting there, but it wasn't. I, I don't think he was getting the chunk plays that uh, Jeff Brown would have wanted. Um, I, I don't. Do you do you need chunk plays though if you're getting five six yards of carry? I I think the question was, was that sustainable? I I don't think he was averaging five or six yards a carry. I think his average was like four. Oh, I, at the beginning of the game, he it was, was. three. I mean, like, his, yeah. his first two or three carries. I mean, there was one drive. I want to say it was their third I, drive I, I, that I we, be, I believe we stopped him once, like at negative four yards. Yes, where, that, where they just gave, over. and that was a, that was like they believe his last drive or yeah. his last. And that, that's the thing. I think he had a drive. I think and if I, I remember that, I, I just. Uh, I don't think Nebraska's defense could have continued to do that for the rest of the game. I don't. Like, I love Nebraska. And I love our defense. Our, our rush defense is much better. But that dude was a truck. Justin it, called him a truck. Yeah. And he was. And, and well, it wasn't I mean, just running the ball. I mean, it was catching out of the backfield. He, had, he caught some passes out of the backfield, and he just hmm. – he wasn't, get, he wasn't he trying a, to he, juke anybody. He was just going to run your had, ass over. A, he had a 39-yard reception that took him to the three-yard line, but it got called back for holding. Yeah. yeah. Although it was a legit holding. They, I mean, Plummer may, probably was sacked if they don't hold. Uh, but, I mean, it was a 39-yard catch on his part that got called back. Yeah. Uh, but, but I do want to talk about the, the, uh, the improvement on this defense. And I, I want to give Tyler some credit here because uh, I, I think Tyler is the one that had the most uh, – uh, faith that this defense would improve this year oh yeah to, to the point to where they are uh you know nebraska's uh averaging 4.05 yards per carry on on defense when it comes to rushing that's eighth in the big 10 like that's the highest we've ranked since 2015 so it's it's definitely the best that scott under scott frost it's actually the best we've done since we've been in the three four uh i, I you know, it, it was almost it was three quarters of a yard per carry less than last year. That's a big improvement. I, I don't know if that sounds like a lot of improvement, but that's a big improvement. Uh, our, our rush defense as a whole is up to 68th. And, I mean, man, last year we were 199th, uh, I'm sorry, averaging 888 yards a, a game. 2018, we were 96th at 196 yards a game. 20, uh, 2017, we're giving up 215 yards a game and ranked 115th in the country. So this is the, be- this is the best defense we've seen, again, since we've been in the 3-4. Uh, 2016, Mark Banker, who we all hated so much and went and fired. Not me. Not this Got- guy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you were pretty happy to see Diaco come in, too. Uh, but they ranked 43rd at 148 yards a game. So this is the best defense, the r- best rush defense we've seen since uh, since Mark Banker left. Uh, total defense, we're ranked 62nd, which really 
isn't very far off from the top 50 defense that Tyler's seen. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and defense right now is carrying this team. It is. And they got a tough so, matchup so, against Minnesota next week. So, But, but, it, but it's very sim- – well, I, I don't want to say it's very similar to Purdue because Minnesota can run the damn ball, and, and Purdue yep. can't. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the, the thing about this however, defense- However, offensively, uh, offensive stat-wise, they're fair, fairly similar except for Minnesota or uh, Purdue passes it a lot more. Well, the, the, I, we can't get but off to, defense. But total yards. We, we can't move off defense without talking about that secondary because mm. it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the game. It was, you know, from a stat line, you know, they, they threw the ball and there, there were some plays and it wasn't a perfect game, but what was damn near perfect was DiCaprio Boodle and Cam Taylor Britt, the MT, MVP of this team, I think, um, yeah. going against the best receiving core maybe in the country and completely, wow, really putting them in check. Um, I mean, David look, Bell ended look. up having a good game because of that when he, uh, uh, Cam Taylor Britt got tackled. But, you know, you look at the stats, uh, I think Wandale, uh, uh, Rondell Moore had – 12 receptions 13 when you think 13 13 13 receptions when you think he's gonna have 13 receptions if you had told me that going into this game i would have put the over at 150 yards i mean the fact that we held them for under half that like it's it's all i mean it was really good tackling we kept them in front we played right with them and broke up any deep ball they went with the exception of the one breakdown i mean Let's talk about that one play for a second because this is what I, I believe Scott Frost has always talked about, no fear of failure. Uh, it, it was Markel Dismuke that ran into like, – it wasn't really ran into. They kind of both jumped to go for the ball, and they collided. And ended up David Bell with the ball and nobody to catch him except for uh, Deontay Williams, who – to me, had surprising speed. Like, he was catching him. He might need another 30 yards to catch him, but he was catching him. He was just so far ahead to begin with. It, there was no way Deontay Williams was going to catch him. Uh, so so, so it, it was uh, Markel Dismuke probably made a mistake there because if he would have just left uh, Cam Taylor alone, I think Cam Taylor breaks up that pass. Yeah. But, Huge but play. Again, it's, that, it's, that, it's that no fear of failure where – both of them thought they had a shot at the ball, so they both went for it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I have no problem with that play in itself because of that. Uh, but I want to talk about Deontay Williams, who actually really had himself a game, too. Uh, he had a stupid uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty when he pushed uh, Rondell Moore out of bounds, which I think that was a little bit more of a acting job on Rondell Moore than unsportsmanlike conduct. Maybe it's a personal foul late hit, but... Unsportsmanlike conduct was probably a little excessive. Uh, that was the same same exact play that Cam Taylor Britt got his uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. And but but other than that, I mean, I think uh, Deontay Williams had like twelve tackles on the day. Pretty sure he, he led the team. For, yeah, he did. He had a tackle for loss. He had a, a pass breakup or two. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt was phenomenal in this game. He had a couple cat pass breakups. And did a great job of covering David Bell for the most part in the day. Uh, should have had an interception towards the end of the game. 
I wanted that pick. That pick oh, would, I, I mean, everybody, if he, everybody did. If he you had, had that it. pick, he would have been defensive, Big Ten defensive player of the week, I think. He, he should he should have had it. Yeah. But to shut down David Bell as well as he did was phenomenal. And, and I, 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 hey, I'm going to eat my words here and talk about DiCaprio Boodle. Like, that dude was phenomenal at shutting down Wright and Rondell Moore both. You know, not, not obviously not on the same play, but, I mean, he covered both those guys and did a fin- fantastic job of shutting both of them down. I am writing uh, this down. You are giving DiCaprio Boodle praise? Oh, my God. I, I didn't think I'd live long enough to hear this. <laughs> you, you know what? You talk You talk about Cam Taylor-Britt being the, the defensive MVP. I, I think Boodle's got to be getting close to up there just because he's shutting, he's shutting receivers down yeah. at this point. And, and, and he's not getting a lot of stats, but people aren't throwing his way. No, I, it's I get getting it. to the it's getting to the point where everybody's trying to throw up the middle to try and get to Dismuke and Deontay Williams, and they're picking their games up. Yeah, no, I mean, the, I mean, the secondary of this team. I mean, again, statistically, th- there was a couple plays where you know you saw a tight end or you you saw something there, but when you looked at what you didn't, if you were drawing up how to beat Purdue, what you could, if we were going to lose this game, it would have been because. Their big wide receivers would have busted plays, and they would have won that. And that was a fear. And our secondary took that challenge. And, you know, the announcers made a deal of this, but we went man on them. We didn't double team them. We didn't put a safety over the top. Like, the trust that the coaches had and said, DiCaprio Boodle, you go one-on-one with Rondell Moore, the best wide receiver in maybe the country. David Bell, who's probably a top five or ten receiver in the country. You guys go, Cam Taylor Britt, you go one-on-one with him. And they did it, and they won I, more often than not. And, and, I, absolutely. And one, one other thing I want to talk about passing here uh, on their part. I, mean, I know they had a lot of yards. I think they had like 342, if I remember right, somewhere around with there. With a backup quarterback. Yeah. Who was wow. a starter last year? Yeah, was I, was say, last year. I was going to say, Jake Plummer, I mean – that or Jack Plummer, that Jack dude, Plummer. he had a hell of a game. He he did, but let's also not forget that we sacked him a lot, and we had pressure on him a lot of the day. Yeah, and, and, and it, it, it was kind of driving me nuts a little bit because I'm listening to the announcers and they're talking about how Nebraska struggled to get uh, pressure on quarterbacks, and Nebraska has not struggled. I, and, and announcers need to understand this: Nebraska has not struggled getting pressure on quarterbacks. They have not gotten a lot of sacks, but they're, they're getting in there to get quarterback hurries. Well, and we love the Big Ten and quarterback hurries a couple weeks ago. I haven't pulled the stat recently, but, yeah, I mean, we're getting I, I tried to look that up tonight, but I, I ran out of time. Uh, but, hell, we're, we're, eighth in the, we're eighth in the Big Ten right now with sacks. Well, and, we're we're and, middle of the pack. I mean, it's not great. I'm not saying it's great. But to sit here and talk about how much we've struggled on pass rushes is a little far-fetched to me. We had three sacks on Justin Fields, who nobody sacks. Yeah. And then we had three against Jack Plummer here. But, I mean, we're, we're getting sacks every game. Like, it's not like – it's just not as bad as I think the announcers made it. Well, and, and the thing I will say on this, and I'll let Justin in, is one of the things I liked about the pass rush this game is we really did it without excessive blitzes. And that's one thing that I think we I have felt that, that in order for us to get pressure uh, – most of the year it's been because we've blitzed more and we saw a lot of three man fronts. We saw a lot of four man rushes and we got pressure with those. Absolutely. 
All right, so Minnesota, they're going to be coming to Lincoln this Saturday, I think. I mean, everything in college football oh, we didn't now. We talk special teams. What's that? We didn't even get to the special teams that we were going to talk about. Oh, shit. All right, well. All right, hit up special teams real quick, Derek. We're at 40 minutes. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, we, we've, we've complained about special teams a little bit this year. Uh, we, we, they have improved. Uh, punt returns were actually 15th in the country in punt returns. Did anybody realize this? Like, is that, is that the craziest stat of the season? Yeah, because considering that uh, we were making jokes that all we had was a fair catcher uh, yeah. a few weeks ago. At, and I'm sure it's all on Cam Taylor Britt, but we're averaging 13.3 yards per punt return. Uh, we're still struggling with uh, with uh, punt returns on from our opponents, giving up 15.4 per, per return. Which, again, here's another shocking stat. We were seventh in the country last year in punt return coverage. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, we only had, they had, we had 11, uh, our opponents had 11 returns for 25 yards, only 2.27 yards per return. Wow. Shocked the hell out of me. Did not know that. Uh, So we've actually dropped way down on that. Uh, But our kickoff returns has gotten quite a bit better. We're 39th this year. Last year we were 63rd. Uh, And then kick returns were slightly better. Basically the same average, just slightly better because, because I was, as I was looking at this, I wanted to. This is what this is one of the big reasons I wanted to bring this up was. Uh, so I was looking at the bottom kickoff returns because I thought that's where, that's where Nebraska would be. And uh, I'm, I'm going to list off uh, some teams here that I think will shock you to find out they were in the bottom of the kickoff returns: uh, Indiana, Maryland, UCF, Washington State, Coastal Carolina, Penn State. Ohio State, Texas A&M, they are eight of the bottom 11 teams. Are any of those teams good? A few of them, yeah. A <laughs> couple of them, maybe? Uh, and and just, just, uh, just to add on to it, Alabama's ranked 111th in kickoff returns, and Iowa's 109th. And both of them, I mean, again, wow, all really good teams. We're in good so, company, so it, then. It, it, I, yeah, it shocked me a little bit that these teams were ranked that low. Yeah, Sorry, we're in great I had to company. Throw it out there. All right, let's let's we got to move on to Minnesota here. Uh, Minnesota's coming to Lincoln. Uh, the line opened at ten. I looked yesterday, and that line had dropped down to nine. Well, now uh, Nebraska's favored by ten and a half. Uh, so before before we talk about that, are are we going to play Minnesota? I mean. Do you guys do you guys have a warm and fuzzy that this game is actually going to kick off? Derek, you're nodding. Tyler, what do you think? I'd say I'd say it's probable. You know, if you're going the health status, it's, it's I wouldn't say it's all in. It's probable, maybe questionable. I mean, you know, you heard Minnesota coaches talk, and, and they they are saying the right things that they intend to play. But then you also hear that there might be 20 players out, like. You know who knows where it's at. I mean, I just, I would say better than not chance, but uh, I, I'm still. I think by tomorrow we will know, and hopefully this podcast isn't moot anymore on that. But um, we've already I, I done do one think, of those this year with uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah I, I think right now it's quite probable, maybe maybe questionable. All right, Derek, ten and a half points. Is that a fair line? Uh, you know. Yeah, I think it is. Really, I, I really do. 
Uh, and some of it's going off history and looking at where the home team has done and where this game has gone. Uh, the average, the, 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 the average, the average score differential in the last five games is 23 points. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, these aren't close games, most generally speaking, and the home team has a pretty big advantage. Uh, Minnesota is just not good this year. Uh, and, and Nebraska, I'm hoping appears to be trending in the right direction after that Purdue game. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's a pretty fair line. All right, Tyler. So let's talk about some offensive and defensive matchups here. Uh, does Minnesota, do they need to respect Nebraska's passing game? Well, I think they need to respect anything Nebraska can do. I mean, Minnesota is the worst defense in the Big Ten. There is no question but that. It is terrible. They made Michigan look like a million dollars earlier in the year. I mean, they have been awful. God, they made that um, quarterback look like he was going to be a Heisman Trophy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And he got Joe benched. Comes, <laughs> Joe Clack goes on Colin Coward and says, Michigan has finally found their quarterback. And We were all true. bamboozled after that. Yeah. I, I just think that Minnesota – so to answer your question, Justin, I think what Adrian Martinez has done the last couple of weeks and how bad it is, I, I think it would be a mistake for Minnesota to sell out on the run because I think that their secondary is bad, that we have an advantage. I, I, I don't think Minnesota can stop us. I think Nebraska could stop us, but I, I don't think there's anything Minnesota is going to be able to do to stop us on Saturday. So, Derek, if you're PJ Fleck, what are you doing to slow down Nebraska's offense? Ah, uh, man, I well, I, I I don't know. I guess because they haven't stopped anybody's offense. Uh, just just to add on to Tyler here. Uh, you know, you have a quarterback that the last two games is throwing for eighty percent of his passes. So, what do you do? Like, you you can't you can't sell out on the run at this point. Uh, and, and like Purdue did a good job of that, and they got beat because Adrian Martinez had his best passing game of the year. So, I think if Minnesota does that, we're going to have as big, if not a bigger, pa- uh, passing game. Uh, so, I, I man, I don't know. It's crazy because last year Minnesota's defense was really a good defense. They were, yeah, and, and they're just not good this year. And I, I don't know, I, I don't know. I don't think it's schematically. I, I don't think it's a scheme thing. They did lose a lot of people though. They did, and I, and it's just maybe they're young. I don't know. You wonder if with the Tyler talked about the twenty people being out, whether or not. That's going to be an issue because I don't I don't know who's going to be missing. Yeah, but if you're missing some defensive players, man, you're you're hurting. <laughs> as you bad are, as they you are, are you really hurting though? You know. <laughs> yeah, because if your starters can't stop anybody, I can't imagine your backups are going to come in and do better. Well, uh, the the, the way ahead, that the way that Minnesota can stop Nebraska's offense is not on the defense; it, it's with their offense. If, if you're asking me what if I'm PJ Fleck, what I'm doing, I I am, and we're going to talk about this. I'm riding their running game. Yeah, um, Mohammed Abraham. I mean, is a guy that went into this Big Ten season. Not a lot of people know him. Man, I, I can't name two other better backs in the Big Ten than him. I, I don't know if I can name a better back in the Big Ten than him this year. Um, you well, know, I mean, he, 
on 155 carries, he's got 817 yards, 5.27 per carry. He's putting up the Diedrich Mills numbers that I thought he was going to get, man. I mean, he, he, he's, he's had 200 yards in his last two games, including 224 I mean, against Illinois. That, that's I mean, all in it, five games, guys. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, 224 yards last his last out. I mean, this guy is the real deal. So if I'm PJ Fleck, what I'm telling him is, you go get like five yards to carry. We don't need you to break out 15 yard runs. We need to keep that offense off the field, and you know we'll feed that, it to you 35 times. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, hey. Well, they're gonna do the whole NFL thing if you have the lead. Hey, if you get a big run, just fall down. Like, I don't need you to score quickly. Um, I just need to keep Nebraska's offense so, off the field. So I joke with the 35 times uh, that he's getting the ball. They've played five games, and he has 150. Yeah, 155 carries. He's 31 carries average a game. That is and nuts, you know man. And do you know why? Because they can't pass the ball. Tanner Morgan, because my they, guy. They they have the most disappointing quarterback in the league. My guy, man. I, I was big on Tanner Morgan. He, he is the most disappointing quarterback right now. He's thrown 59% of his passes, which isn't atrocious, but considering what we thought he was going to do, isn't good. I mean, he's got a 1,000 yards rushing or passing, but again, it's not what we expected out of the guy. Uh, he's got four touchdowns to four interceptions. Yeah. Like he's just not doing it this year. And and now uh your your biggest wide receiver and uh uh Rashawn Bateman, sorry, I had to think about it for a second. He's got thirty six of their receptions for four hundred and seventy two yards and two touchdowns. Uh Chris Oppen Bell, of course he's a good uh receiver too. But he's only got 14 receptions for 315 yards. He is averaging 22 yards per reception. But he's only got one touchdown. And the next guy up after that is Daniel Jackson. He's got five receptions for 57 yards. Wow. No and touchdowns. Rashad Bateman is not playing on Saturday. Exactly. Rashad Bateman's gone. Like he's opted out. He's not playing. So so your probably number one weapon is gone. So you've, I mean, now you're having to rely on uh, Mo Ibrahim. If I'm Nebraska, I'm doing what every team has done against me in this game. I know you haven't gotten to this question yet, but I'm stacking a box and saying stop the run and let the let our secondary play man to man because I, I I'm not trying to uh, crap on Chris Hopman Bell because he's a, he is a good receiver, but he is no Rondell Moore or David Bell. And if I, if our guys can cover them one on one, I think we can cover him one on one. And so I'm stacking a box saying, stop the run, shut Mo Ibrahim down, and if they burn your passing, so be it. So what do you expect in this game? Uh, Nebraska's offense headed in this game. Uh, I'm talking about Luke McCaffrey here. Uh, Luke McCaffrey, you know, he came into Ohio State with some gadget plays. Uh, He ends up taking over the starting position. He starts against Penn State. We win. Illinois, and then, you know, we see him sprinkled in from uh, there on out. After well, after Illinois, we go two-quarterback system. Last game, you know, we're not seeing him at all, uh, other than just a little bit of sprinkles. What do you guys expect from Luke McCaffrey in this game? Nothing. Nothing? I expect nothing out of him. I, uh, 
right now the hot hand is Adrian Martinez. Uh, Justin, I know, I know you kind of mentioned this before about maybe benching him did him some good. Maybe that's what fixed him. I, I don't know. Again, I think he had one bad game. Uh, I'm not sure if it was deserving of being benched at that point. Uh, I, I do think that in the Illinois game, they should have brought him in much earlier than they did. Uh, but back to the, uh, the I want to go back to the Nebraska's defense just for a second here. And, uh, <laughs> you don't want to talk about Luke I, McCaffrey anymore? You're like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I have nothing to say on Luke. I, I don't want shit on the kid. He's just okay. He's can just can I ask ready. Tyler before you switch topics here? Sure. Tyler, what do sure, you think about sure. Luke McCaffrey? I, you know, Derek said you you play the hot hand. I I, I think it's clear that Adrian Martinez probably should have never been benched. Um, I, here, here is my apprehension with that question is that I believe out Luke McCaffrey is our third best offensive weapon and whether it's him at quarterback, him at his him at quarterback is our third best offensive weapon. So for me, it is challenging to say, I want to leave him on the bench. Um, do I think he needs to be playing running back? Like it's like, I think teams are on to that little gadget. I think if you're going to put him in and gadget plays, you need to be more creative than running a read option with him. Um, but I, I I think Nebraska will be better if they could find a way to incorporate Luke McCaffrey, whether that be taking a few snaps at quarterback. Um, I'm, I'm not ruling that out, even though Adrian's played well and it's hard for me to stomach putting him on the bench. But I just think Luke from a tempo what he can bring on um when he's in he does beat it up a little bit and how dynamic he is i just it's hard for me to say leaving him on the bench so i'll be curious what frost does because all signs uh point to he ain't playing yeah because we're running out of games here you know the the season effectively it doesn't count so you got to get I i think you just have to get him out there because you know he tasted success he tasted success as a starting quarterback at Nebraska for two games. And then what does that do to his psyche that he's not really coming in and, and playing? What? You disagree? He tasted success for two games? Yeah. He tasted success for one game. So, and, then, and then he threw four interceptions the next game. What I'm saying is he tasted success as being the guy. He was the head mother in charge for two games. And now you, you bear, you're not seeing him. I think, and as talented as he is, I think you do have to get him involved in the game. Not necessarily quarterback, because he's not quite ready to be quarterback. I will give him this. His one pass in the Purdue game was a phenomenal pass. It was a a bullet. It was a bullet. Levi Falk. Yep. Great catch. But he threw it between like three receivers, or I mean, I'm sorry, three defensive backs and made a catch. Yeah. Levi Falk made a good catch. Is it Roger Clemens yeah, but it fastball? A, but it was a great pass. Roger Clemens. Yes, but but here, here's my thing with Luke is that are we doing with Luke what a lot – we're basically doing with Luke what everyone did with Adrian after the Northwestern game. He played terrible against Illinois. And, you know, but that was his worst performance of the year. Like, and, and now, you know, people are like, well, he can't play and all this. And it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's I'm not that's saying him. he can't play, no, but. Not you, but people are. People are saying that. And, and, and I just go back I just, to this. I think him I, in the game. I, I, don't, I will say this. I don't, I don't think it makes sense to go back and forth when Adrian Martinez is throwing for over 70% of his passes. 
It, it, it looked all right against Illinois. It looked all right against Illinois. What did? Or Iowa. I'm sorry, Iowa. It looked good against Iowa. It, it did. Two quarterback. It did, but they also did not allow Luke McCaffrey to throw very much in that game. Yeah, it threw five passes. Three for five. Which, 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 which tells me, as a defense, if, I, if I'm looking at this as a defense, I'm going, okay, if Luke McCaffrey is in, expect a quarterback run. Because they don't have a running back who's going to run it. Mills is playing now. Now we have Mills. I, I just, I, I think, Fair, I, I don't but... know. I'll be curious. I think that, that is, going into Saturday, when you look at what the coaches have to do, that is the toughest decision on the table for the coaches. I, I, I'm how, not, sa- I'm not saying. Do you incorporate Lee... Luke McCaffrey? I'm not saying leave him on the bench completely. I'm just saying he doesn't need to be a quarterback at this point. That's what, that's that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I think he's too talented to be sitting rotting on the bench. I think you have to get him involved that's somehow. Fair. That's fair. Uh, there's we don't have a lot of playmakers there at wide receiver. I mean, there's a lot of talent uh, in grooming, but you got. I mean, I I'm a firm believer that I think Luke McCaffrey is more talented and more ready than a lot of the wide receivers, the freshman wide receivers right now. The problem with that, Justin, is the the problem is is he has shown no sign to be ready at wide receiver. And I think wide receiver, it's one thing to come in and take a couple carries at running back. It's one thing to be lined up at wide receiver and catch like a screen. But like, I just, his best position is quarterback. Like, that's the facts. He is better at quarterback than he is at running back. Uh, He has shown no, maybe he could be a better wide receiver. I just haven't seen any signs to point to that. I th- I just I, I don't know if you'll see him. I don't know if, how much you should see him. I just whether it be a f- couple series just to go really quick up tempo. Maybe you burn him with a deep pass. I, I just I, I think getting him in for a couple series might do some good. Okay, it would it wouldn't hurt. All right, Derek, you want to talk about defense a little bit more? Go ahead. All right, so I, oh man, I I tell you, I'm just loving this Nebraska defense right now. I, and. Most of it's because of all the games except for Illinois and and, and Ohio State. Uh, so Nebraska had three sacks last week, and I think they're finding a groove. I really do. And this is one of the worst teams of allowing sacks. Like, we thought Purdue's uh, offensive line was pretty shitty, and we were giving up some – they were giving up some sacks. Uh, Minnesota – Man, they're giving up 2.2 sacks a game. I see Nebraska getting all over Tanner Morgan. And this is why Tanner Morgan is struggling this year. Is there, his offensive line is not helping him at all. Uh, but but I want to compare the two defenses when it comes to this. And I, I just want to explain to people how different – I mean, like, like this is how much Nebraska's uh, defense has improved and Minnesota's defense has faltered. Minnesota has 12 tackles for loss on the season in five games. 12. They have six sacks. Four of those came against Illinois. Uh, the, the last two games, they haven't had any sacks, period. Their last sack was on November 7th. Think about that for a second. It's been a month since they've had a sack. Not get they haven't played for two weeks. That's fine. Nebraska's sitting at 39 tackles for loss and 11 sacks. And, Tyler, you brought up a couple times about the quarterback hurries. Like, dude, we're going to get after Tanner Morgan. So if they're run, if we could somehow find a way to shut down their run game the way we did against Purdue, and I, I know that's a lot to ask compared, considering the different offenses. 
But if we can shut down their run game, I have no faith that Minnesota can throw the ball well on Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to, to this. I, I think this is a game that we match up not well great against it. I think this is something that we can exploit, continue to build off this Purdue win. We overmatch Purdue, and I think that we should be able to overmatch uh, Minnesota. You know, I mean, is there any fear of a letdown? I mean, we saw it against Illinois, right? No. I mean, we saw, no, there's you don't think there's any shot we're just going to come th- in. I, I truly believe that they learned their lesson in that Illinois game. I and I, and, I, and honestly, I kind of think Scott Frost led them. I kind and I, I know this will never be said. I think Scott Frost kind of backed off a little bit and went, you know what? You need to work hard every week. And they said, oh, we beat Penn State. We're going to beat Illinois. And they read all the articles, and they seen everything everybody was saying and talked about how we were 13-and-a-half, 14-point favorites over Illinois. And I, and I think they did kind of have a shitty week in practice. And Frost is never going to say that because that's not what a head coach does. But I think I – think the team learned a little bit after that Illinois game. Like they went and said, Oh shit. So we should have worked harder this week. This is going to be senior day, right? And I don't think they're going to allow that to happen again. This is going to be senior day. Correct. Even though that they can come back and celebrate senior day again next year, if they want. If I mean, again, and this is going to be a great off season topic because I really want to know who you guys think, which seniors are going to come back, which ones, aren't going to come back, which ones you would like to come back, which ones wouldn't. Uh, I want everybody I just, to come back. I don't believe you for a second. Everybody. I want everybody. More depth. I don't believe you for one second. But I do believe you want a majority of them to come back. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we got to get into the games of the week now. But first, uh, I got to ask you something. Ohio State, Michigan. This game is off. And so now Ohio State... They do not meet their six-game eligibility unless the Big Ten, you know, decides to break the rules and allow Ohio State a sixth game. Uh, but you know what? In this game, is Indiana getting fucked here, Derek? Oh man, this is such a hard topic for me because I here's the thing: the Big Ten put it into the asterisks here where. If the average team didn't have six or six games, they would change the the uh, limit there. But there's only been three teams that haven't played six games. Yeah, and that was Maryland, Wisconsin, and now Ohio State. Uh, but I, I I'm so torn on this because I think I think the Big Ten would be doing themselves a disservice by not changing the rules for Ohio State because. You do want a team in the big two in the in the college football playoff. I, I I do I do believe you do, uh, and so I I think changing the rules and either put either allowing them to play a game this weekend or putting them into the conference championship, regardless if they play a game this week, really does do a service. And and does it does it does it fuck Indiana? No, Indiana. Heck, of course it does. Of course it does. No, it doesn't because the Indiana lost Ohio they State. They did Un- under the rules, though. If you if you cannot play six games, you're not eligible for the Big Ten championship. But that's not Ohio State's fault. 
It's not Ohio State's fault that, that Michigan's those backing were out. were the rules. Indiana plays by the rules. Sure, their only loss is against Ohio State. It's not, but, like, it's not like Ohio State's not playing by the rules. Michigan's the one backing out. I believe Maryland was the one that backed out of that hey, game. Bill Moose tried to present this problem earlier, and Kevin Warren. Okay, okay that's, that's the thing. And they like, set I the rules. It. I get they it. They set the rules. If, if you're looking at it from a Nebraska fan standpoint, yes. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, you wouldn't even think about changing the rules for Nebraska. Fuck Ohio State. You shouldn't be able to change the rules for them. I, I, th- I think the difference here. But if you're looking at it from a, from a conference standpoint and the fact that you're trying to get somebody in the playoff, because Indiana's not going to make that playoff regardless. Let, let, let's, let's do something here, Derek. Let's pretend like it's not Indiana. Let's pretend like that other, that other team is Penn State. Penn State's that team that lost to Ohio State. Do you screw over Penn State with the same rules and let Ohio State yes. get there? I, I don't think that's true. Tyler, what, what do you it think is of true, this? true because Penn State's still not getting in there with one loss but only played six games. Tyler, you chime in here. I, uh, here is my thing. So to Derek's point, I, I tend to agree with him. So for the Big Ten, like, first of all, it was stupid – for the Big Ten not to allow Nebraska to play. I think most people acknowledge that. I think that for the Big Ten to shoot themselves in the foot, which I know everyone is convinced that if Ohio State doesn't uh, play this, get in the Big Ten championship, they're not going to make it. I, I don't know if that's 100% true. Like, they're fourth in the playoff committee. Like, what is Florida or A&M going to do? They're not playing any... I mean, are they going to jump them? Like, what is... Why is oh, Ohio State... I'm sorry. Tyler, I want to add something to that. So, it's not that Ohio State's not going to play in the championship week. They just can't make the Big Ten championship. Exactly. So, if they get another game, who do they end up playing? It's going to be another easy win for them. It'll be Iowa, probably. You would probably look at it being Iowa. Iowa's in the top ten in the country right now. Like... Why would why would they like? I still think is Ohio that, State, is that so, almost a better scenario for Ohio State. I mean, I don't think I don't think it I don't think it eliminates Ohio State from the conversation. He, here is the thing. So let's just put that on the table. But okay, let's just say hypothetically it does eliminate them. It's a stupid rule. Do I want to see them change it? Like I, I'm kind of with Justin a little bit, and it's I acknowledge it's because I'm petty. Like I am petty that the it's Big Ten we're Husker fans as, as well, a yeah, Husker fan because the I do Big not Ten, want them to change this rule because they wouldn't do it for Nebraska. It, it's, 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 it was a stupid rule that I want to see the Big Ten burn a little bit and suffer from their own stupidity. Yeah. The way they scheduled the season, the way they did, they did everything they could wrong, and we knew they did it wrong. And I want them to eat it. I want them to eat it and feel it, for it. And that's it's petty. And, they should get. They, again, they should a, get in. But as a, I'd be as a petty a, and no. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly as a Husker fan. As a Husker fan, yeah. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. And the, the, in the bigger picture outside of Nebraska, it's smarter for the Big Ten to go ahead and change the rule and try and get them into that playoff. I, th- there's a quote from The Dark Knight. Uh, I know I'm going to nerd out for a second, a Batman movie, but that some people aren't looking for things that make sense. I'm paraphrasing. Some people just want to watch the world burn. That's me right now. I just want to see <laughs> chaos and suffering for the Big Ten. Like, 
screw Kevin Warren, screw these decisions that these presidents and athletic directors made that put us in this situation. Like, And I feel bad for Indiana. Indiana, they got there by the rules. The rules, they should be playing in the Big Ten Championship. And if you if you don't have Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, so what? It doesn't freaking matter. The committee's going to put them in there anyway. It's not like Ohio State. It's not like they've gone out and beat a whole bunch of teams. What did they beat? One ranked team? Indiana. Indiana, that's Indiana. it? Yeah. Well, the, the, the team, team that you're about for is Northwestern. Northwestern would, would beat Indiana, and their first chance to get a Big Ten championship so, goes yeah, out the toilet. I mean, pl- give it to the two teams that played by the rules. But, by, I mean, just, just go again, by the again, rules. I, you're, you're, you're stating it so bad. Like, Why? It's the rules. That is the rules that Kevin it Warren is, But you're, you're, ta- you're talking stated. like Ohio State's the one breaking the rules. Ohio State didn't break any rules, but they Ohio are, State did not do anything to. They break are any victims rules. of the stupid ass rules that Kevin Warren put face, and the president's. And I'm the not, president's. I'm not yep. letting Barry. I'm not letting the true Big Ten commissioner Barry Alvarez off without a. I mean, th- this was the ads. This was the president's. Th- this was Kevin Warren. This was a collaborative, asinine decision, and like I said, I kind of want to see it, and and. And, and here's the other piece, and, and I, I, this will be my last thing, and I want to get off of it. Nebraska fans want to see it backfire in the Big Ten because they think it's going to be some sort of validation. Let me rest assured every Husker fan listening to this, it won't. Like, you will listen to every media member say how stupid it is for the Big Ten not to change the rule, and you're going to subtweet all these media people and point out Nebraska said the same thing months ago. You know what? They're not going to give a damn. No. You will not hear majority of the media even mention Nebraska in this conversation, and they'll probably oh. bag on Nebraska the next oh, no, chance they, they will. get. They, they will just to bag on Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they'll find a way to blame us for oh, they're, this. They're, 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 they will continue to go, Nebraska, you think you're somebody and you're not, so shut up. Tyler, since you nerded out a little bit ago at the Dark Knight, I imagine you're like a Star Wars guy. If Barry Alvarez was in the Star Wars movies, would he be Jabba the Hutt? I think I think Barry Alvarez would be Jabba the Hutt. No, I, he's got to be Darth Vader. He's much more hated than Jabba. No, I think no, I think that fat fuck would be sitting on there with like no, a wench I mean, on a chain, wise, and then he'd be wise, dropping. Maybe. You know, he you know here here comes Bill Moose to asking asking Jabba the Hutt for something, and he releases the trap door, and Bill Moose has to get eaten by the wrong core monster. Well, if if, if in that analogy. If uh, Barry Star Alvarez Wars. is Jabba just, the Hutt, so you know who, I hate Star Wars. I hate <laughs> I hate Star Trek. I hate Star Wars. I okay, hate okay. All but if if Barry Alvarez is Jabba the Hutt, you know what? That makes Kevin Warren Princess Leia like in the like oh, yeah. the chain. An that, ugly that's, Princess that's, Leia. Yeah, he is an ugly Princess Leia, yeah. and he is Jabba's bitch. Yeah. Give, give uh, Princess Warren a coat because uh, so, someone please Photoshop hey, he might, he might, uh, Kevin he Warren's he, face on Princess Leia and Barry Alvarez on Job of the Hutt's face. God, like that would be. It's unsettling. That is unsettling, man. <laughs> maybe maybe his boobs are the same size as Princess Leia. And, and oh, I feel like this Carrie is a way to get into best games of the week. Yeah, I mean, let's. Yeah, was that too far? I don't know, yeah, let's not talk about Kevin Warren's tits. I mean, nobody wants to see that. Oh my God, it was dang. funny. Come on, yeah. a little bit. All right, so let's get into the games of the week. Uh, I went three and two last week. Tyler and Derek, you guys went four and one. So 
Tyler, you're Are we leading. Not counting the Nebraska game, or did you count the Nebraska game? Yeah, I counted it. Uh, we had okay. we had a game that was uh, canceled. Okay. Uh, Coastal Carolina and Liberty oh, they right. were canceled, and that was that's even right, a better right. game. I, we should have given you the loss because I know you were going to take BYU in that game. So you'll never know. Oh yeah, I got the text messages <laughs> to prove it. You, you know what? To be fair, I probably would have taken BYU. Oh, Coastal Carolina. So what's, that make, what's that make the standings this year? All right, so you're winning forty-five twenty-one. Uh, I am second at forty and twenty-six, and Derek, he's catching me thirty-nine and twenty-seven. So I'm about to put him in his rightful place and last. It, and that would make sick. every year we've done this, Justin finishing last play. You know why? Because I go on stupid-ass Lee Corso moments, kind of like last <laughs> week with taking Ruggers, you know? What the hell was I doing? I was like, yep, I'm going with Ruggers over Penn State. Really? Because you're a Greg Schiano gomer I am. But you know what? I, I just I, I feel for the little guy. That's why I am championing for Indiana in this thing, you know? I want Indiana to get to the Big Ten championship just to say – Hey, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, you guys aren't shit. Tom Allen's the best coach in the nation. You should have beat Ohio State. You had your chance. Hey, they were close, man. They were close. All right, let's get into it. Games of the week. Uh, First game, Wisconsin at number 16, Iowa. Iowa is getting one point in this game. Derek. Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, Wisconsin started off with a bang. Man, that Graham Mertz looked like a... Some bitch that nobody wanted to mess with. Uh, he's kind of turned into Dennis Semenis. Like he's not, he's not so troubling anymore. Uh, I, I was defenses stout, and Wisconsin's lost the last two weeks against worse defenses than Iowa's. I don't think I don't think Iowa can move the ball against Iowa. You can't. You don't think uh, Iowa got, can got, move the ball against Iowa? What I'm the sorry. hell? I'm sorry. I don't think Wisconsin can move the ball against Iowa. Uh, I so I I got Iowa in this game. Tanner, easy. I, I'm gonna go Iowa too. Um, I I just think Iowa's playing some really good football. I mean it. You know they have that rough start. You know I and again I I just think they are playing better football right now than Wisconsin. I think they want it more than Wisconsin. I think as soon as Wisconsin got beat by Northwestern, they kind of checked out of the season um I, i'm going iowa yeah uh where are wisconsin's playmakers on offense i mean they don't have a running back i mean they don't have any they don't have That's... anything uh iowa their defense is stout wisconsin they can't score any points they've scored 14 points in their last two games i mean let, let me let me ask you guys this and this is uh i, I justin I, I brought this up to you before but in in what year or what 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 world do you think that wisconsin and through four games has a running back leading their team with 247 yards uh you know was it like 1952 running back right now they they just they don't even have a good running back right now you know it's tough with wisconsin let me just it's a year that they only played four games i mean it's so hard. and then and you know Nebraska kind of went through this. I mean, when you're playing a team like Indiana and Northwestern, we played Ohio State, and Northwestern. Like, I mean, when half your games are against two of the you know best defenses in the Big Ten, two of the four best, and I, I was think, not going to give them any breaks. I think the difference is Wisconsin was supposed to be the better, like the one of the best teams out there. Yeah, they were. 
They were. And, and, uh, anyway, yeah, they're proven yeah. not to be. Let's move on. So. God, I thought you guys were going to talk a little bit longer because I was going to pull up the over-under on this game. I can't imagine it's much. It was. I think it was 42 and a half. 40, I would take the under all day long on this thing. Yeah, I, I, th- I think uh, Iowa's given up 12 points a game and... Wisconsin's giving up like 14 points uh, a game, something like that. I'd be yeah. shocked if there was 35 points scored in this game. All right. It, it'll be a defensive game for sure. Tyler's going to steal that for his over-under since he sucks at life. Uh, all right. So this next game that we're going to go to is because Tyler wanted it because this is supposed to be two top 25 matchups. Well, they're not ranked at all. Uh, Washington at Oregon. Oregon's six-point favorites. So... Uh, Derek, what, what do you have in this game? Well, to be fair, going into the weekend, they were both ranked. Unfortunately, they both lost. Uh, Washington lost to Stanford. Or, but, but here's the thing. Oregon has lost to California and Oregon State the last two weeks. Yep. Like I don't know what's going on with Oregon right now, but I, they're, they're definitely on a downhill trend. I think Washington wins this game. Tyler? You know, I think this is the game of the weekend. I think this You is are full ex- of shit. I'm going <laughs> to cut you off right now. <laughs> Give me Washington. You're taking Washington? Yeah, I'm taking Washington also. I mean, if Oregon Screw State... You guys. If, you guys are supposed to take Oregon. If Oregon State can beat Oregon with all of Nebraska's rejects, what do you think Washington's going to do? <laughs> I mean, this is... Oregon is... Golly, they're, they're so disappointing. Hey. I think Avery Roberts had like 15 tackles last week, though. Yeah, I I, I don't know if he's Tristan Jebbia is garbage. I mean, I'm not going to watch and and Tyjon Lindsay's garbage too. I'm not going to watch any Pac-12 football because I think that is below Mac. Uh, so I, I'm not I'm not into it. So I mean, you guys have to let me know on next podcast on what these I, are. I will tell you this: Oregon would beat Coastal Carolina by 30. I hate you. All right, number 17, North Carolina at number 10, Miami. Miami's three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Derek. Well, I'm here to tell you right now, I think if you think Oregon could lose by 30 to – or uh, well, uh, North Carolina lose by 30 to Oregon. North Carolina's <laughs> not great. Miami's really looked great this year outside of the Clemson game. Miami's got great defense. Uh, Derek King, yeah, I, dude, that guy is phenomenal as a quarterback. He's going to tear up North Carolina's defense. This is not a close game. I think the spread's minus three, but uh, this was almost my best bet. Wow. And and Miami, Miami will win by probably two touchdowns or better. Tanner? I, I'm going North Carolina. I, I, don't, I think – North Carolina has been able to score pretty well all year. I mean, uh, uh, of their last uh, five games, they've scored over 40 points, four out of the five. I mean, they're going to be able to put some points. I think their defense is good enough to slow it down. I think this will be a higher scoring game. Um, but but I, I like North Carolina. All right, so you want to talk about teams, high-scoring teams. Do you know both these teams – Average over 35 points a game. Over 35 points a game. Is, is, is that remarkable to you, Tyler? I mean, it's nice. I mean, it's pretty impressive when anyone scores over 35. 35 points a game. Is, is there anything that you want to add to that? I mean, no. I, mean, I think I don't, I don't got anything to say. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I, I know one of you two want to say hey. 
Scott Frost is 8 0 when we score more than 35 points. He's 8 0 when they score 35 points. So we just need to score eight, 35 points every game. And we're, we're you know what? And if we were playing in the ACC, we'd probably be averaging 42 points a game. So. And Scott Frost is 3 19 when he doesn't score 35 no, points. If, if we were playing in the ACC, it'd be, he'd be an undefeated coach. Yeah. Leave it to Justin to find a negative. Got to find a negative. I tell you what, I wrote this down here. Uh, number 17, North Carolina. I wrote M, and then I wrote for Tyler, NC. So I'm look, I keep looking at my notes here. I see NC 17. So this is just a naughty game. Just a naughty game. And I'm going to go with Miami here. I hate Miami. I absolutely hate Miami because I lose money every time I bet on Miami. Uh, but I, I do like them in this situation. North Carolina, my God. You never know what the hell you're going to get out of North Carolina. They might be, they might kick someone's ass. They might just have a shootout with somebody, or they might get beat. I, it's 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 crazy. I'm going with Miami hey, here. T- yeah, the over is probably a pretty safe bet in this game. Do you know what the over is? Sixty-eight and a half. Sixty-eight and a half. God, that's a lot of points, man. That's a lot of points. When, when both teams are averaging thirty-five points a game. And neither defense is really doing a great job of stopping them. Yeah. If I bet the over, take the under, man. You will hit. Wow. That's that's probably fair with everything I'm betting right now. <laughs> All right. Cincinnati and Tulsa, that was going to be our game. Unfortunately, this one got uh, rained out. So uh, they, won't be, <laughs> they got a rain out game, so they won't be playing. So. Now we have to talk about this other fucking gem that Tyler wanted to talk about. Michigan State at Penn State. Penn State's 15.5-point favorites. Of all games, we're talking about this game. Derek, who do you have? Uh, I'll stick up for Tyler. I'm not so sure this was a my pick. I, I, I like this game. I think it's fun to talk about just because they're both kind of bottom feeders here. Uh, it, it, it's always fun to talk about Penn State when they're a bottom feeder because... No one ever expects it. So it's fun to talk about Penn State being a shit team. Uh, but, I, but I do think Penn State's kind of found their way. Uh, Michigan State, man, I, I'm not so sure they're even healthy after last week playing Ohio State. They got blasted bad. Uh, Rocky Lombardi kind of got hurt in that game a little bit. They brought in a backup. He looked pretty decent. Uh, but I, I don't know what to expect out of Michigan State. But I do think Penn State's defense – has really found their way in this game. And Penn State will win. Right. Penn State. Tyler, who do you have? Well, last week Derek thought um, Michigan State was going to cover against Ohio State. He, he was wrong. I, I, yeah, I did. <laughs> um, you know, Michigan State is like, it's not quite this way, but almost every other week they show up and play. Like, you know, they, they go and beat Northwestern, and you're like, okay. They, show, maybe they showed North- up twice. Okay, well, two out of five. That's almost every other week. Um, I, I, I actually well, think this is going to be a game. To, I think be, this is going to be, be fair, a game. They showed up against Michigan, who turns out wasn't a very good team. So they've kind right. of showed up once. Okay, so uh, the, I think I think Michigan State's going to make this a game. I, I I don't think that Penn State is going. I don't think they're going to be enough to play Penn beat Penn State. I think Penn State's kind of pulled their head out of their asses and they're actually starting to play some pretty good football. Um, down the stretch. I wouldn't want to play Penn State again. Um, so I'm glad the Big Ten doesn't want to do rematches. But um, <laughs> Don't say that. I, you I never like know. Penn State. I like Penn State. 
Yeah, I, I like Penn State also. I'm, I'm taking Penn State. I, I don't know if this will be close. Michigan State, they're just I, – I still have a bad feeling off of last week when I thought that Michigan State could get a hold of Ohio State. And I knew it. I just knew it. Even with the COVID issues and Ryan Day sitting out that Michigan State wasn't going to get it within 23 points. Damn it. If you can't tell, I am bitter about teams that <laughs> that I do not get the win. If they don't cover, God, I I, I just I hold it against them. I, I just do. That was, you should bet more Pac-12. Oh, I can't stand watching Pac-12. God dang. Pac-12 after dark. Tradition like none of it. It is. You know what? The problem is... Nebraska plays at 11 a.m. every damn week, so I'm freaking trashed by 7 o'clock that night, so I don't ever get to see Pac-12 after dark because I'm already in the dark. That's fair. That's the problem. I mean, if Nebraska could win some games and get a later thing, I guess I could probably appreciate Pac-12 games. The the record record in a season has to be this one. For as few games as we've played, the most 11 o'clock starts. Like... Yeah, I, well, I just, every game we've played has been at 11 o'clock. The only, the only 2.30 game we had scheduled was Wisconsin, and that got canceled. Oh, yeah. wait, let me correct myself. I'm sorry. We started at a whole 12 o'clock against Iowa. <laughs> I mean, you know, Iowa was 12 o'clock. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like our primetime game right there. That's how that's how sad it but is. You, but, you, but you know what's funny? Because uh, Scott Frost even made a comment, I think, Monday – because uh, somebody asked him about all the 11 o'clock games. He's like, well, I guess if we want to get better time slots, we need to start winning some games. Yeah. And I, I I thought it was funny when Scott Frost said it. But I, anyway. I think but I think 11 o'clock games favor us at home. So does that bring us to the Nebraska game? Not quite uh, yet. We, get, we got to talk about the we, game we, of the we week. Have jo- we have Justin's game. Probably the easiest game of the week to pick. Yeah. I, and that's Navy at Army. Uh, Army is six and a half point favorites. You know, I can't believe how under the radar this game is going this year. I mean, this is this is a great game. I would love to go to this game in person. You know, I mean, this is just one of the one of the top rivalries. I mean, I, I'm excited for it. I, I hope this isn't an eleven o'clock kickoff, is it? <laughs> Probably, Derek. What do you think? All right, while I will agree with you in most general years, uh, this year is just not a good year for this rivalry. Uh, this this is another one I've really thought pretty closely about taking my my best bet. Uh, man, I'll tell you, Navy, they can't score, man. They're only getting 16 points a game, and Army don't, or 14 points a game, I think. Army only gives up 16 points a game. Like, I Army f- scores 20 points a game, and Navy is giving up 32 points a game. Like, this doesn't uh, statistically match up well at all. Uh, it seems like Army should just run away with this game. E- even the records, I think uh, Army's seven and two, and Navy's like three and nine, or whatever. Uh, this shouldn't even be a close game. I can't figure out why this is only six and a half point spread at all. Yeah. It, well, I mean, Navy, their last two games, 19 and 19 to six and 10 to seven. I mean, they've, yeah. I, I, Tyler, what do you think of this game? I got army. And I, I think this is a game that the cousins, maybe next year with COVID done, 
I think I think we need to I think we need to do a road trip to this game because I'm with you, Justin. This is a game I'd like to go to in person someday. I would love to. The problem is I don't like cold weather, so I don't want to go to a cold. This game's always cold. I don't want to do that, yeah, man. Man, I mean Maryland could be kind of warm. I mean you might get the occasional warm November in Maryland, not New York, not 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 there. Come on, but, global warming, man. Hey, Come on, I'll, global I'll, warming. All I can say is go Army. Beat them gay semen. <laughs> yep. Hey, you know me. You know where I'm going. I, I'm, I'm Army all the way. I, I, I like I like watching Army. Army's having a pretty darn good year. They haven't played in a couple of weeks. Uh, but, man, they, they are a fun team to watch. Uh, and they can throw this year a little bit, you know? Hey. So, yeah, I, I like Army. Navy's, they're just, they're, they are where they should be, in the shitter. So... That brings us to the game of the week, and that is Minnesota at Nebraska. Nebraska, like I said, 10.5-point favorites. Derek. All right. I think I've kind of alluded to this throughout the podcast. Uh, I, 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 I'm not convinced Minnesota is very good right now. Uh, t- Tyler, I think you and I kind of alluded to the fact that we're, here, here's the thing. We're facing a really good offense against a what I would call a good defense right now. And we're playing Nebraska's uh, averaging, getting better offense against a terrible defense. I, 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 again, the, the, I, I, think, I think I mentioned this earlier. Uh, the last five, four out of five games averaged 23-point spread. I don't see this being a close game. I don't. I think Minnesota's terrible. Uh, I think Nebraska wins this game 45-21. 45-21. Damn. Nice. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think this is a game. I, I want to be a little bit more conservative with my pick. I think that it, if we get the right personnel groups on offense um, and that involves involving Luke McCaffrey and we can get some breaks with some of these guys that are out, I think – Derek, you're not crazy. I think we could hang 50 on them. Uh, I, I'm going to hold back a little bit of that optimism. I'm going to go Nebraska 38, uh, Minnesota 31. 38, 31? Okay. Uh, I like Nebraska here also. I think it's going to be a lot closer than what you guys think. Uh, we got a lot to do. We got a lot to prove on offense. I'm not going to bank on our special teams being uh, the savior like it was last week. Uh we got to figure out how to stop uh, the rushing attack. And I still think that Tanner Morgan is still good enough where he's going to exploit Nebraska for a couple big plays. It may not be all cons- all game long, but, you know, that offense, God, they can score some points, whether it's running the ball, passing. Uh, I got Nebraska winning 34-31 to 31 in this game. I think this is a game that's going to be played well into the fourth quarter. It's going to be exciting, and uh, I wouldn't have anything. I wouldn't expect anything less for out of uh, for the final game of the year, in the regular season. So, uh, real quick, let's get to best bets. Uh, my best bet hit uh, last week. It was Indiana versus uh, Wisconsin. Uh, my best bet this week is going to be Iowa. I love Iowa against Wisconsin. They're getting one point. 
I think Iowa's the better team. And uh, I laid out the reasons earlier, but Wisconsin just can't score. So, Tyler, I don't know what you went last week because I didn't write down your game. And you probably don't even remember because you haven't remembered the last three weeks. I, I don't remember. You probably right lost. Now. I probably hit. I think I hit last week. All right. Um, you think about it. Derek, Derek. You missed your best bet last week. What do you got for this week? Uh, I'm going to go with the game of the week. Army, Navy. No, not at all. I'm going to take the over in the Nebraska-Minnesota game. At 58 and a half. I mean, we all have a score in over Is it 58? I thought you said 68 and a half. No, 58. Oh, I love that. for the... No, for the Nebraska game, it's 58 and a half. Uh, I think the the Miami uh, North Carolina game was 68 and a half. Okay. 58 and a half. Okay. I like it. I can I can dig that. I think all of us have over 58 points scored in that game. God, that'd be kind of depressing if uh, it was less than that, right? Ugh. Yeah, absolutely. Jeez. All right, Tyler, did you remember what your best bet last week was? No, I did not. Um, Why you write I, anything I, down? Come on. Well, I do, do you just pull it I out just, of your I ass moved. every episode? I, I, I want it. Was, was last week the week that I picked? God, I see. I can't keep the week. I, was last week the Tulane Cincinnati game? Oh, that was Tulsa Cincinnati. That was, that was, that was, that was this week and it was canceled. No, Tulane. Uh, man, I don't. No, Tulane, Memphis. Tulane, Memphis. I think that was. I. I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to I, fact check. You know it. what? I do. I do think it was Tulane, Memphis. I. I think that's what it was, and I think I hit that game. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know I what? I, anyway, you're the cousin. You're a cousin, but yeah, this is an I, honor I, system. You're gonna fact I, check that I, shit. I, I, I think I hit it. every week this year. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't remember, but I think last week was mine. It was Tulane, Memphis, and I think I hit it, if I remember right. Um, but I can't honestly remember if that was last week or two weeks ago. Oh, God. Um, so I will have to pull my notebook out of finding whatever box I moved it into since I just moved into my new house. And um, for my best bet this week, I'm going to go uh, Rutgers and Maryland. I like Rutgers at 7.5. Guys, Maryland, to me, I, I, they've been better than I thought, but they've played four games, and... I know that like everyone just keeps bringing like they've turned a corner, but I don't know how good Maryland is. I really have nothing. I think Rutgers has enough fight. I'm not saying they're going to win the game. Wouldn't shock me if they did, but I, I like them at seven and a half points. I think they, they could play that game pretty close. Yeah. I mean, that's a game that I considered. I mean, I was like, damn, but you know, I'm a, I'm a Greg Schiano guy, right? Derek. I love that Greg Schiano. He can get those guys fired up. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited for this uh, final week of the regular season of football. Then we'll head into the championship week. So this is going to be great. Uh, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red. Thank you.